0: Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. This is my wife, Chaya. Chaya with a good you know. Chanukah, you know, Chaya. Go ahead.
1: Psalm 122. A song of ascents of David. I rejoiced when they said to me, let us go to the house of Adonai. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, built as a city, joined together. There the tribes go up, the tribes of Adonai, as a testimony to Israel to praise the name of Adonai. For their thrones for judgment are set up, the thrones of the house of David, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be at peace. May there be shalom within your walls, quietness within your palaces. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I now say, shalom be within you. For the sake of the house of Adonai, our God, I will seek your good. Amen.
0: Thank you, honey. So when I read my Bible in Hebrew, I want you to know that there is such a richness in the Hebrew language. So I encourage you to to learn Hebrew. Oh, you're laughing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You know, that's the language you're going to speak up there. (laughs) Oh, you're not sure. Oh, I'm sure. In fact, you already know a few words in Hebrew, and you don't even know it. For example, when you sing, do you sing hallelujah? Yeah? Yeah? Well, you sing in Hebrew. Let let me explain to you. Hallelujah in Hebrew means, hallelu means let us praise. Yah is short for Jehovah. So every time you say hallelujah, you're saying in Hebrew, Let us praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And let me also uh, bring another important thing. The form hallelujah is a command form. What does it mean? Okay, let me me do a small drama here, okay? You got up this morning and the baby was crying and the other one was throwing up and the other one was kicking the other brother. (laughs) And you had a terrible morning. And it's like the last thing you want to come is to church after this. And you come here, you haven't had your coffee. And everybody's praising the Lord and you're in a bad mood. Remember, hallelujah. Hallelujah means command. In other words, you take your finger, don't point on nobody, but to yourself and tell your soul, this soul will praise the Lord in every circumstance. Hallel. Hallelu. Let us praise the Lord. Why? Because he's worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. Now, every time you pray, do you say amen? amen. You speak Hebrew? <laughs> let me share with you. You see, let me give you a free lesson in Hebrew. Today, it's Sunday, so it's free. Otherwise, I will charge you. <laughs> okay, so in Hebrew, we take three letters, and from those three letters, we make a word. Okay, so we have the first amen, and we have also the word emun. Emun means trust. And then we have another word emuna, which means faith. So in other words, when you pray and you say amen, you say, we trust God in faith, it shall be done. Amen. amen. You see, so you already know two words in Hebrew, didn't know, and of course, shalom, peace. So already know three words. Those are good words. You're on the right right track. (laughs) So let me focus on verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. So um, how many of us want to prosper? Only 10 people. Okay. (laughs) The rest of you don't want to? We all want to prosper, right? Well, this, this is the condition. May they prosper who love you. So you have, you have to love us in Jerusalem I mean, if you want to prosper. Now, you don't want to prosper? Don't love us. <laughs> pray for the peace of Jerusalem. In Hebrew there is pray. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem is shalu shalom Yerushalayim. So first of all, you know, the word shalom, peace, is in the Bible 422 times. The word shalom, peace. I mean, just on this, you can give two, three sermons on that word. And I was so happy, Pastor Dan, that he talked about peace with God just earlier. Shalom. Now, pray in Hebrew is sha'alu. Sha'alu, the word really is to ask, to find out, inquire. So God is encouraging us to inquire, to find out what's going on in Jerusalem. Why? So we can pray more specifically. Well, let let me explain what I mean. Um, My wife and I and our family, this is our first time ever in Australia. And the reason we're here, that's his fault, Jeff. Blame it on him. (laughs) And um, we arrived about two, three days ago. And it took us two days just to get over the jet lag. But we are very happy to be here this morning. So this is our first time ever sh- sharing in uh, in the church in Australia. Now let's say uh, I come to Australia and I go and visit your beautiful beaches. I mean, I love those beaches. You have beautiful. This is a beautiful country. I didn't you know this. And then I, I just go and see all these beautiful beaches, and then go and see the go to the zoo and see some kangaroos, and feed them and have pictures. And go back to Israel and say, oh, I've been in Australia. I know everything about Australia. I can pray for Australia. And never meet a local believer or go to a church and worship with you and get to know you. Well, it's the same thing with with Jerusalem. Many people sometimes, they go to Jerusalem. They do a Holy Land tour and they see all these dead stones and monasteries. And they take pictures by the wall in Jerusalem, and they come back, and they never meet a local believer leaving stones. And they don't find what's happening there. And say, they say, well, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's the end of the story. But you see, that's, that's not what the scripture is talking about. The scripture wants us to know, to find out what's happening with the kingdom of God at hand, working in, among the people, and when you build relationship with the living the, the living stones, the believers, when you find out what's going on, then you can pray more specifically. And when you pray more specifically, what happens? You get specific results. We all want results, right? Amen. So I encourage you, if you ever come to Israel, I encourage you to come and visit us. You, our international airport is in Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv Jaffa. So you're welcome to come as soon as you land in Tel Aviv. Come and worship with us in our prayer tower. You saw the pictures of Tel Aviv. And we can share with you and pray with you and send you off to go over all over Israel and see those beautiful places. But what's more important, that you meet the believers in the land and pray for the salvation of Israel. Amen. You see, I believe that we live in an exciting prophetic time. Do you believe that? I believe we live in a prophetic time. Now, you may say, well, Avi, I'm here in Australia, and uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, come to Israel. I'll show you everything. (laughs) You see, what's happening in Israel, it's like the time clock of God. That's the way I see it. So, what is happening with Israel? Well, let's go back to the Old Testament, to the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel 36, it's a beautiful chapter because it talks about how God is dealing with Israel. So, I'll start with uh, Ezekiel 36, verse 17. Son of man, again, I'm in Ezekiel 36, 17. Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, They defiled it by their own ways and deeds. Therefore, I poured out my fury on them for the blood they have shed on the land and for the idols, which they have defiled it. Verse 19, so I scattered them among the nations and they were dispersed throughout the countries. I judged them according to their ways and deeds. Verse 22, therefore, say to the house of Israel, that says the Lord God, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but... For my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations, wherever you went. And I will sanctify my great name, which you have profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in the midst. And the nations shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when I am hallowed in you before their eyes. Verse 24. For I will. I will take you from among the nations, get you out out of all countries, and bring you into your own land. Now, let's stop here for a second. When did Ezekiel live? 300 years ago? A dozen years ago? No, about 600 B.C. We're talking 2,600 years ago. That's a long time. So, can you imagine the prophet Ezekiel standing in front of the people of Israel and say, I'm the prophet Ezekiel, I have a prophecy for you. And everybody gets excited. And then God says... God is going to judge us because of our sin. He's going to take us from our own land and take, get us out to other nations. We will be nobodies, no meds. Can you imagine Ezekiel standing in front of the people who are saying that? What do you think the people will do? <laughs> Throw stones at him. So he's prophesying it. And this happened in 70 AD. What happened in 70 AD? Remember the Romans ruled over the land of Israel at that time? And there was rebellion. So the Romans came, destroyed the city, destroyed the temple. They left the land totally desolate. And they took all the Israelis that survived, they took them as slaves to Rome. And then they changed the the name of the land of Israel to Palestina. As far as they're concerned, there's no more Israel. This is Palestina. And that's how it was known. And for 2,000 years... The land was desolate, known as the name Palestine, Palestina. Exactly what he just prophesied right here. But then he said, but one day, one day, I'm going to take you from the nations and bring you to your own land. Now, why is God doing this? Oh, because God is political? No, it has nothing to do with politics. Nothing to do with politics. It has to do with the word of God. That what he promises, he fulfills. Now you may sit here and say, oh, this is nice for Israel. What about me? I'm not from Israel. Okay, that's a good point. Let me share with you. There's so many promises in this Bible, in this book. And it's For you, for you, for you, and for you. And if you believe it and pray, God will bring you to fulfillment. Why? Because God is a faithful God. What he promises, he fulfills. Can I get an amen? Amen. Well, you have no idea what problems I'm facing. What big mountains I'm facing. Let me tell you, God is able. Nothing is too difficult for God. God can remove mountains. God is the God of breakthrough. You face issues, nothing is too difficult for God. Well, I prayed. How oh, You prayed? How long was your prayer? Oh, two minutes. Nice. Keep going. <laughs> if you just pray two minutes and you, and you expect a breakthrough, then you don't know what warfare you're dealing with. We live in a world that is a lot of warfare, especially now because of the prophetic times we live in. And you must understand, you need to stand and pray, stand and pray until you see breakthrough. And a little bit fasting will help too. Amen? Amen. See, God is a faithful God. What I read to you is just to show you how God is so faithful because he promised it so long ago. And the Jewish people were for 2,000 years like nomads, you know, traveling from one place to another place with no land. But God said, one day, I'm going to take you from the nations and bring you to your own land. And this word has been fulfilled since May 14, 1948, when Israel declared independence. And when our first prime minister, David Ben-Gurion, proclaimed independence, the Jewish people started coming back home. And all our neighbors... They didn't welcome us to the neighborhood. In fact, they declared war. Just think, Mission Impossible, five Muslim countries with armies, with millions of soldiers, guns, cannon, tanks, and everything, Air Force, whatever. And we had almost nothing, about half a million people, 600,000 Jews, Mission Impossible. They had all the Arab neighbors, all our neighbors said, within a couple hours, we're gonna go kill all the Jews, throw them to the sea. In the natural, it should have happened. It should have happened. But they forgot something important. God. God said, I will bring them back to the land. And I'm going to know so that I'll be hallowed, along, along, hallowed by the nations. And the nations shall know that I am God. Amen. Who gets the glory? God. See, God is a faithful God. Now, I don't know, I don't have the patience. Okay, maybe you should wait 2,000 years like we did. By the way, what is a thousand years for God? One day? Two thousand years? Dos dias. Two days, no problem for God. The point is this that I'm sharing is, God is a faithful God. God is a good God. What he promises, he always fulfills. This is the kind of God we serve. Amen? Amen. To him all the glory. Now, if we stop here, we'll make a big mistake because the scripture continues. You see, if we just stop here, you think, oh, God has a business and it's a moving company. He just moves people from here to there. That's the conclusion you will get. Well, I have to tell you, God doesn't have a moving company. He doesn't need a moving company. He has everything he needs. Amen? Amen. To do, to fulfill his purposes. God has a plan, a plan of salvation to the people of Israel, but also for the nations. Amen? Amen? So as as long as we remember that, let's continue with 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 those next verses. Verse 25. Again, I'm in Ezekiel 36, verse 25. It says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues, and you will keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people, and I will be your God." Well, brothers and sisters, I'm standing here before you as a living testimony that that scripture is being fulfilled in front of your eyes. Let me clarify this. I'm not standing here before you because I have a most beautiful Jewish nose. (laughs) And I have a beautiful Middle Eastern beard. Or because I served in the Israeli IDF, Israeli army. I'm so great. You know, all those things are filthy rags before God. I have sinned like everybody else. And the wages of sin are death. I'm standing here before you because of one thing. The blood of Jesus and the grace of God. And I give him all the glory and all the honor. Because he's worthy. Amen? Amen? So maybe if I have a few minutes... I'd like to share my testimony. Is it okay, Pastor? Yeah? So what is a nice Jewish boy doing in a church in Australia? Okay. See, I was born and raised in a Jewish family in Tel Aviv, Jaffa, Tel Aviv, Israel. My parents, my parents survived the Holocaust. For those who don't know, during the Second World War in Europe, you know, the, the Nazis killed, murdered six million Jews. And we call it the Holocaust. Okay, my parents were uh, born in Bulgaria, which is in Europe, and they survived the Holocaust. My father uh, didn't have high school because his high school years was living in the forest, joined, who joined the partisans fighting the Nazis. That's how he survived. And then in uh, 1948, uh, in fact, specifically 29 of November, 1940, 1947. Sorry, 1947 the U.N. made a very important resolution. What was that? That the the, the land of Palestine belongs to the Jewish people, the homeland for the Jewish people. So praise God for the U.N. They made one biblical decision. One biblical decision. Praise God for that. I don't know about the rest, but they made one biblical decision. So at that time, the British mandate was over the land of Palestine, and they said, we need six months to pack. And they were packing and leaving And then on the 14th of May, 1948, as I said, our first prime minister, David Ben-Gurion, proclaimed independence. Now, my father, in 1947, when he heard that he was so excited as a young man, he took a ship from Europe to Israel. And at that time, the British men that were in charge and didn't allow Jews into the country. So they caught him by the seashells of Tel Aviv and took him to Cyprus and put him in detention camp. And he was there in the island of Cyprus. If you want to know more about this, there's a movie called Exodus with the old one with Paul Newman. It's a good movie. I suggest for you to see it. And anyhow, so this is the story of my dad. So here he is in 1947, 1948, waiting for that day that he can come home. And that day came May 14, 1948. So after we declared independence, he was so excited. He was waiting for the ships to come from Israel to Cyprus, not far, you know, just half an hour flight today. And if, if they, 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 with a ship, he came to Israel. He came to Tel Aviv. He kissed the, the land, the sand. He said, "I'm so happy to be back home after 2,000 years. I'm so happy to be back home." The Jewish Agency said, "Baruch Haba, welcome home. Here's a gun. Shh, go and fight." Why? Because right there, as soon as he landed in the land of Israel, he joined the Israeli army, the IDF, Defense Force, and fought the independence war. This was his welcome, okay? See, just not to get you scared, Israel is a beautiful country, and I really encourage you to come. We just live in a bad neighborhood, that's all. (laughs) Maybe we can exchange neighborhoods. How about I take New Zealand and I give you (laughs) Gaza? (laughs) We have a deal? No deal, okay. <laughs> Anyhow, so this is my, the background of my parents. After the, after the one uh, year, about one year independence war, my father came back home to Jaffa to, to be with his family. And my mother, uh, with, she was with her family. They were neighbors. They fell in love, got married. And then my sister and I and my brother we were born in Jaffa, Tel Aviv, to a Jewish family. Okay, so I grew up as a Jewish family. Now, my parents never talked about the Holocaust. Did you want to talk about it? They never talked about it? So we grew up, I knew my parents went to the Holocaust, but they never talked about it. So I finished high school, and in, I was raised in a Jewish traditional home. Uh, I was not a secular liberal, I wasn't Orthodox Jew, but we were more believing Jews, traditions, celebrating the feast, going to synagogue on high holidays. And uh, when I finished high school, I joined the army. You see, in Israel's composer, everybody goes to the army. The boys, three years. Girls, two years. Yes, girls, too, of course. We have to protect our country. So I joined the Israeli Air Force, and I was four years in the Israeli Air Force. And when I finished my uh, duty to my country, I saved some money. I was lost in sin in the world. I said, okay, what I'm going to do, I finished my duty to my country, I'm going to go to America, and I'm going to go explore America. When I mean explore America, I had plans to go to every discotheque in town, every nightclub, and I had plans to go to Las Vegas, gamble, and become rich. Now you are laughing because, you know, in Las Vegas, you lose money. But you know how many times we are brainwashed by the media? Uh, The reason I say this I have to tell you this funny, funny thing. Years ago, I went to speak uh, in Chicago in a very nice church. And um, it was Sunday night. And then after the service, I went to the pastor. I said, we had a good service. Let's, let's go downtown Chicago. Let's have some ice cream. I love ice cream. I believe when we get to heaven, we'll have plenty of ice cream. <laughs> Anyhow, so... <laughs> So I tell this pastor, let's go and have ice cream downtown Chicago. He goes, oh, no. I said, why not? It's too dangerous. I looked at him and I said, boy, you live in a dangerous country. Because back home in Tel Aviv, you can go at midnight. All the shops, the restaurants, the coffee shops, the nightclubs, the pubs, everything's open. Ice cream. I mean, we just go and I feel very safe. So the truth is, I live in a safe country. You live in a dangerous country. And then he goes, what about the terrorists? Well, we take care of them. <laughs> anyhow, let's go back. <laughs> so anyhow, so I went to, to America. On my, on my way to Las Vegas, I stopped to visit my sister in Florida. She's married. And I didn't know she's a born-again believer. Okay, I didn't know that. So we came for the weekend. I, I landed there in Florida. And the weekend, it was in 1984, 39 years ago. And um, we had a Shabbat, Friday night. In As Jews, we always have Shabbat meal. We sit together. We do the blessings. We eat. We It's a family time. And I, she said, you know, the next day is Shabbat. We'll just rest. And I said, and what do you do Sunday? Because you see, in Israel, on Sunday, we work. Children go to school. So we work six days a week, Sunday to Friday. So in America, and I guess here in Australia too, you have two Shabbats, two, two, two Saturdays, two, two days. I like that. <laughs> Maybe I should move here. I don't know. I like that. Two days. Hey. Anyhow, so my sister told me we just rest another day. I said, that's wonderful. So I, Sunday morning, I, I went to sleep, you know, and my sister and her husband, they got dressed, to go and there are two small children because they go to church so she comes to my room avi get up i said why you told me shabbat yes but we get dressed we got dressed you need to get dressed you need to come with us to church and i said excuse (laughs) me what did you say going to church are you crazy don't you know we just don't go to church what's wrong with you now, why am I telling you this? Because you need to understand if you meet a Jewish person and you invite him to church, that's the way they will react. That's normal. Please don't take it personal. Please. In fact, keep going. You're doing great. <laughs> that's what my sister said. Come, come with us. You love this church. Come with us. And I'm like, no, we just don't go to church. Now, let me explain to you. It's like me standing outside Sunday morning there, outside in the entrance, and give everybody brochures. Don't go to church. Come Friday to our mosque. How many of you would like that? But it would be the same thing with you. If you ask a Jewish going to church, that's a no And she said, oh, it's not what you think. I said, What do you mean it's not what you think? Oh, they have a, a beautiful b- b- place, they have music, they have a choir. You're gonna love this. A lot of young people. I said, a Church? Now you have to understand, I come from Israel. In the Middle East, when you say church, this is what the picture we have in our mind. You're gonna take me to a monastery, to a mountain. And it's going to be monks and nuns in a very dark place. And when you go inside, you see Statue of Mary and Statue of St. Peter, you'll have to bow down to those idols. That's what Christians do. That's what we think. Historical churches. Monasteries. And that's what I have in my mind. And she goes, it's not what you think. It's beautiful. A lot of young people. Uh, uh, music. Do you like music? Of course. A lot of singles. Why don't you come? <laughs> okay, I should go and check it out. Okay. <laughs> So I went with her. No, literally, when I walked in like in this, when I walked in, I was like, where are all the statues? Mary, and Paul, and Peter, and crosses, and monks, and nuns. And I didn't see any. So I walked on like, OK, this is interesting. And then we, I sat with them. And then everybody stood up. And then they had the choir, and they had the music. And I was in shock. Those, those Christians, those, those Gentiles, are worshiping, my God, the God of Israel. How dare they? <laughs> and as they were worshiping, something happened here. I was touched, the work of the Holy Spirit. Basically what I'm saying to you, I was provoked to jealousy by those Christians. <laughs> Is it written somewhere in your Bible? <laughs> Romans 9, 10, and 11? If you haven't read it, read it again. I was provoked to jealousy just watching those Christians worshiping God. And when the, the worship was over, I said, oh, this was a nice experience. This is wonderful. I was ready to go. And my sister grabbed my hand sit down. I thought the church was over. Service. What not? I've never been in a church. So she goes, no, no, sit down. The preacher is coming now. And I go, oy ve." Oh, The preacher is going to talk about religion. Who wants to hear about religion? We know everything. We just know. We can tell you. Now, you see, I'm coming from Tel Aviv. Now, Tel Aviv is more secular, liberal, you know. When you want to be religious, you want to believe in God, we tell you, go to Jerusalem. That's where we keep all the religious fanatics. Go to Jerusalem. Leave us alone. Tel Aviv has the nice beaches, restaurants, nightclub pubs. Gay parade, all those wonderful things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm sitting there, and I'm very uncomfortable, and my sister is watching me like, you better behave. And she's my big sister, you know, I better behave, because if I don't behave, she'll kick me from her house, and I'll be the only homeless in Gainesville, Florida. I don't know nobody, so I better behave. She's my big sister. And the preacher comes, and he goes, God is a loving father. God loves you. God has a plan for your life. I'm like, what? He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. It's a sin that separates from a holy God. And I'm sitting there like, what is he talking about? I mean, I said, Jew. I can tell you everything. I can tell you the stories because we were raised with this in school. We know the stories about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, or what happened, and, and Moses, and the great exodus. We celebrate Passover and the feast. And we know all those things. But I don't know what he was talking about. And as he was sharing about having a personal relationship with him, and his sins the surpassed from a holy God, as he was sharing those things, it makes sense. I'm like, I never heard this before. And something happens in my heart, and I want to cry. The conviction, the conviction of the power of the Holy Spirit. And then I go, "But this is ridiculous. This is nonsense. I'm not going to cry here. I'm am t- a tough Israeli from the Israeli Air Force. This is ridiculous." I'm, I, and I'm getting angry. Now, why am I telling you? you I'm telling you this because of the spiritual warfare. When a Jew hears the gospel, he's not going to spawn right away. Why? Because of 2,000 years of Christendom and history. We are taught what Christians have done to us. How the crusade killed us in the name of Christ. We can tell you those stories. We know our history. So after the service was over, I was the first one leaving the church, waiting outside for my sister to come out. When she came out, she realized something is going on here. But she didn't say anything, but she prayed. And I thought, well, it was an interesting experience. I don't need this anymore. But this church I was going to, uh, they went to is a Baptist church. And I tell you, those Baptists don't leave you alone. <laughs> a couple of days later, they called me and said, listen, Avi, we heard you are visiting from Israel. We'd like to invite you to a weekend retreat. Please Come. Okay, I'll think about it. Thank you very much. My sister said, who called? He said, your friends, the Baptists. They they invited me to a weekend retreat. Are you going? No, I'm not. Why not? I know what they're going to do to me. My sister goes, what are they going to do to you? You want to know? They're going to kidnap me. They're going to take me to a monastery. They're going to force me and baptize me. I'm going to come out as a monk with a black robe, with a big cross. I'm not going there. You're laughing, but this is the way we think. So my sister, she's so kind, she said, Avi, you don't understand. You are gonna go to beautiful campgrounds. Beautiful campgrounds, you're gonna have fun, you're gonna have basketball. Basketball? Oh, I love basketball. I'm a fan of Maccabi Tel Aviv. You know, a few years ago we beat all the Europeans and we came home with a big trophy and we were party the whole night. We are the champions. Maccabi Tel Aviv, yes, I like basketball. Go and play basketball. And it's a beautiful playground. It's going to have good food. A lot of young people, you know, all the students from the university there. Really? A lot of singles? Really? Maybe I should go and check it out. <laughs> so I did. And we have all those wonderful things I told you earlier. And after dinner, they did something so good. Those Baptists are good. They 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 had about hundred people, young students, and they asked I think fifty of them that are part of the church to invite each one to invite an unbeliever from the campus. So I was like one of those unbelievers, you know. And then I uh, give me your Bible, honey. And then I uh, after the dinner they they divide us into small Bible study groups. So they divided one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm in group number five. I'm taking my Hebrew Bible to Bible study group number five. No clue what they do in Bible study. I don't know, dancing. I don't know. I don't know what they do. So I'm sitting there with my Hebrew Bible. When I say Hebrew Bible, I mean Old Testament only. Okay? And a precious lady goes, welcome, everybody. And she has a strong southern accent from Florida. And tonight I'm going to rain on the ground. What did she say? Can you speak English? What did she say? Book of John. Oh, sure, no problem. Let's go look for Book of John. (laughs) I don't have John. Who's John? (laughs) Anyhow, so she started reading for the Book of John, and I'm just sitting there. But you know, this lady was so precious, full of the grace of God, that there was such an anointing upon her. And she said, you know, God loves you so much. God is love. He loves you. He's a loving father. He wants a relationship with you. Then she comes to John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave. his all begotten Son, who shall believe in him, have eternal life. So God sent Jesus to be the, the atonement, the, the Lamb of God, you know, once and for all, because the temple was destroyed. So he came, and, and she's sharing the gospel, and I'm listening to her. One way, I'm, I want to punch her. On one other way... She's so sweet, so kind. How can I? And the more she speaks, the more something happens here to the Holy Spirit. And, as, and then I said to myself, this is crazy. I'm not going to sit here this Bible study and cry in front of all these people. I'm a tough Israeli. I'm just going to wait for her to finish. So when she finished, I said, thank you very much. Ran to my room, closed the door. And I said, Whew. what's happening to me? Here I am by myself in the room and I felt the presence of God so strong. I knew God was in the room. And I started crying like a little baby. I fell on my knees and I cried and I said, Abba, Father, I know about you, but I don't know you. I want to know you. And I realize it's my sin that separates me from a holy God. And I know as a Jew, in the time of the temple, we had sacrifices because the blood of the sacrifice made atonement. But now we don't have sacrifices. So if Jesus is the Lamb of God, who has come to take the sin of the world, then I open my heart to you and I repent. And just, just sharing, saying this simple prayer... I felt as if God came with a big hand, took the heart of stone and gave me a new heart. And there was such a peace that is above all understanding. Shalom. Such a peace. And I knew that I knew that I knew that this Jesus is real. And I had such a peace with God and after all these emotions and crying, I stood up and I felt the joy of the Lord just filled the room. And I knew and I was happy. Something was lifted off of me. And I knew that God is real and Jesus is real. Amen. Anyhow, to make long story short, <laughs> within a few months, a few weeks really, I hope you're ready for this. I got saved, better as water, filled the spirit, got married. I'll say it again. <clears throat> Within a few months, I was back home in Israel, saved and married the whole package deal, and never made it to Las Vegas. God is a good God. Amen? Pastor, can I have another five minutes? Is this okay? Yeah? Okay. No, no, I, I want to respect you. Uh, um, the reason I share this with you is because God promised that he would, that's how he's going to deal with the people of Israel. And then towards the end times, he's going to bring them back to the land. And then he's going to pour out his Holy Spirit and bring them to salvation. Now, why am I telling you this? Because 2,000 years ago, when our people rejected Jesus, then salvation has come to the nations. And then remember the words of Jesus, go to the ends of the world from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the world, preach the gospel. And we know the gospel has arrived in Australia. Not only that, also to Solomon Islands. That's where we are going. And you know, you look from to Israel, exactly the opposite side is here, this area. So we see, in a way, the circle fulfilled all the way here. And now we have, we're having this gathering, Welcome the King of Glory, in October, because we are excited to see believers from this corner of the earth <laughs> coming back to Israel, a full circle. You see, I believe we live in a very prophetic time. So let me share with you what happened in 2019. In 2019, we have a prayer movement called Welcome the King of Glory. Like, you have a prayer movement here. We have a prayer movement in Israel. And we felt that we, the Jewish believers in the land of Israel, we have to do something very prophetic. And we went to Nazareth because we felt the first place that Jesus was rejected was in Nazareth. Remember? When he, after uh, he was baptized and he was taken to the desert, tempted by the, the, the devil, 40 days. Then he came back home to start his ministry. He came to Nazareth. This is his home. This is where he grew up all his life, all his friends, his family, all in Nazareth. He went to the synagogue on Shabbat. That's what they do, what Jews do. So he opened the scroll and read Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, who's has, who has anointed me to declare the good news. And now then he... Then he Concluded and he said, Today is being fulfilled. Now we should all be excited, right? He's being fulfilled. But you know, all his friends and rabbis were angry. Why? Because he talk, told them, Go to the nations. They didn't like that. So what did they do? They pushed him out of the synagogue to the cliff and they were ready to throw him and kill him. A prophet is not known in his own city, huh? Very nice welcome committee. So we felt that we need to go to Nazareth to have a, a gathering there. And we went as a Jewish, about hundreds of Jewish leaders, pastors. We stood there in that cliff, and we repented for rejecting Yeshua in his own city. And when we did that, the Holy Spirit fell upon us. We thought we will just be there for f- 10 minutes, repenting, praying. <laughs> but as we started repenting, the Spirit of God fell, and we were there on the floor for two hours crying to the Lord. And then we, have the, we had Arab believers, Arab pastors, and we have pastors from the nations standing there repenting for replacement theology. For those who may not know what I'm talking about, many Christians believe that, you know, the church has replaced Israel, so there's no more Israel, which is wrong. Okay? So they repented of that. And after we did this, those two, three hours of repentance, Jews and Gentiles, We went back to the room, to the hall where we're having the conference, and we served communion. I loved it when we served communion earlier this morning. And here we are, Jews and non-Jews, Jews, Jews, Arabs, and Christians from the nations, taking communion, and then we stood together. After we took it, we proclaimed that there is one God, one Lord, one head, one body. And then, yes, and then we start singing Baruch haba Adonai, which means blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord, welcoming the King of kings and the Lord of lords back home. Now, can you imagine how many of you are married? I want to see the man, the man that... Raise your hand, man. You're married. Do you remember the day of your wedding? How exciting it was? So can you imagine Jesus the groom has been waiting for 2,000 years for his bride to get ready. And now he is seeing it happening. Why? Because for 2,000 years, the body of Christ was half. Men, those who raise your hand, how many of you would like to marry a half wife? Half bride? No deal. You want the whole bride? Well, that's... Jesus had been waiting for 2,000 years because mostly it was Gentile. But now what's happening? The Jewish part is coming to salvation. Is joined, it's coming to a place of maturity and it's ready to join the other half, making the one new man, the bride. You're not very excited.
1: <laughs> I'll
0: finish with one scripture and I'll finish with that. Matthew 23 In Matthew 23 and I'll finish with that Here is Jesus crying over Jerusalem In verse 27 37 he says Oh Jerusalem Jerusalem the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her How often I wanted to gather you children together as a hen gathers her chicks under the wings but you were not willing See your houses left to you desolate for I say to you you shall see me no more until you say Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And you know what? The scripture is being fulfilled today. Which means, which means you and I, you be, we better prepared as a bride getting ready for the wedding. But you say, Avi, I'm going through so difficult times. What do you mean? good he's working on this on the spots and all the wrinkles that he's working on let him work he's getting us ready for the wedding he's coming back how do i know because he said so what he promises he fulfills can we stand up together abba father i just want to thank you I want to thank you because you are such a faithful God. You are such a good God. Thank you for sending the Messiah Yeshua, the Lamb of God, who paid the sin, who paid the price for our sins, Jew and Gentile, male and female. You paid the price, and it is finished. I want to thank you that you are coming back. You are coming back soon, and we're going to see it because we live in this prophetic time. So, Lord, if there is anyone here in this room who doesn't know you, today is the day of salvation. Today, not tomorrow, today. Because he is good. He is wonderful. He has a good plan for your life. All you need to do is surrender and give your heart to him. Jesus, we welcome you. We thank you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We worship you. Amen. Amen.
1: Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community podcasts.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.